KRCO, Salt Lake City. The Adopt-A-Native Elder Program gathers food, clothing, and medicine donations for Navajo elders living traditionally on the land. To learn more about the nonprofit and its 33rd annual Navajo Rug Show and Sale online November 11th, visit anelder.org. Support for Radioactive on KRCL comes from our sustaining members and Mark Miller Subaru. Homegrown's all right with me. Homegrown is the way it should be. Homegrown is a good thing. Plant that bell and let it ring. Aldine here, KRCL's punk rock farmer, and this is Radioactive show for grassroots activists, community builders, punk rock farmers, and DIY creatives. Thanks for plugging into your community with me tonight. Joining me, as always, Laura Jones. Hey, Aldine. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm still gloating over my tomatoes. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Didn't even bring you any of my tomato combo. But uh, you know what I forgot to grab from you last week? <gasps> Apple smoked chilies oh yes i have a few of those what are you doing with them <laughs> i'm um there's some of them are still drying a little yeah? bit but okay. i th- i'm thinking i'm gonna make a sort of chili oil with them Ooh, that and sounds it'll good. be smoked chili de arbol oil Just putting my order right now okay what's on the show tonight oh on the show tonight um katie nelson is with us from green urban lunchbox and it's that time of year when the apples are picked and they've been squished and They've made cider. Over with our friends at Mountain West Hard Cider, not far from uh, us here in the Guadalupe. Very good stuff. I'm excited to taste that. And John Borski's with us also. You already uh, <clears throat> pioneer. That's salty, so. <laughs> Let's just kind of go past that, please. <laughs> All right, okay. Uh, you know, John Borski's with us, and he's been on little clips here and there. Yeah. But he's one of the forerunners of organics here in the Valley and mm-hmm. one of the first v- vendors at the very first downtown farmer's market 32 years ago. And so we'll talk some history. He was mm-hmm. in New York for a while, and he's uh, he's 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 a worldly guy. Well, and I want some tips, because if anyone knows how to, to grow and organic, like you said, which is that next layer of difficulty... Well, I, uh, I want to pick his brain while he's here. We've got Skywatcher Leo T coming up as well, but we're going to start where we are. We'll start. Who do we have here? We always start with music, and we have the English budgies with us. And I want to thank our friends from Soap, Charles Franta, for turning me on to these guys. Really great. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having us. Great to have you here in the studio. Um, so uh, tell me just a little bit about the band. How long you guys been together, and maybe who the members are. Yeah, so I'll start. Uh, on bass and lead vocals, we have Jen Vickery. Hello. <laughs> I'm Joe Vickery. We're married. We've been, we met in high school band class. Oh, Very that's cool. so cool. I won't say how many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Joining us on drums is the amazing Sam Tucker. He teaches drums locally. And Texas's own Matthew Minnick, who's an amazing singer-songwriter of his own right, but he's uh, gratefully joining us. Well, I have a daughter that's uh, wanting to get, take some drum lessons. I might have to talk to Sam right. a little bit Doesn't after matter. this. He's been teaching me, too. This for this first song is called Had Enough. Do you want to explain it a little bit? Yeah. Um, we wrote this less than a month ago, so this is a debut. <laughs> so this new. is a very Most, new song. You yeah. heard it first right here on KRCL 90.9 FM. Had Enough. This is the English Budgies.
betrayed you It was just a matter of time No balance could save you From a fall of this high You sold out your soul for a heavenly knoll In a place far away Everybody's been mining up Just to stay you Change I've had enough to raise And like the back of my hand The feeling that it's falling apart From diamonds to sand Another one is slipped through my arm I forget the point of trying and a Enough today. And everybody's trying to beat you down, makes you mean. Everybody's trying to beat you down. And everybody's trying to beat you down, makes you mean. Everybody's trying to beat you down. And everybody's trying to beat you down, makes you mean. Support for KRCL comes from Mark Miller Subaru and the Subaru Love Promise, a partnership with local nonprofit organizations to support and strengthen our community. Now accepting applications for 2023 nonprofit partnerships. More information on Mark Miller Subaru's Love Promise and application process at markmillersubaru.com. Many cultures, one sky. Skywatcher Leo T here as we look up. Early on Tuesday, November 8th, the moon will pass through the Earth's shadow, creating a total lunar eclipse. All or most of it will be visible from the entire U.S. It begins in the Mountain West shortly after 1 a.m. in the morning. It's maximum by 4 a.m. and receding by about 6. Once again, the moon will be fully immersed in the shadow, beginning the total eclipse. Also in the night sky, Jupiter still hangs big in the southeast, and a couple of days ago, a little magic is a couple of black shadows of Galilean moons Ganymede and Europa cast shadows onto the face of the planet early in the dusk. Wish I had been looking. I, I wasn't aware of it at the time. Vega is the brightest star up high toward the west these evenings. Vega is 25 light years away, so the light left Vega 25 years ago. Vega is a fast-rotating, beautiful blue star, larger and hotter than the sun. And put this one on your calendar at pre-dawn November 11th. The moon will be in between Mars and bluish Ineth, very close together. The second brightest star of sparkly Taurus the Bull, a fun region. 
And further out in space exploration, well, actually on Earth, NASA's rolling out the Artemis moon rocket in preparation for a November 14th launch attempt. Following the last rollback to the Vehicle Assembly Building on September 26 to shelter the SLS rocket from the Hurricane Ian, NASA engineers have been testing the reaction control system on the twin solid rocket boosters, as well as the installation of flight batteries, and those components are ready for flight, NASA reports. So hopefully weather and other variables on board will have the Artemis on the way to the moon and back on the 14th for a big trip way out and around the moon and back. NASA prepares to say goodbye to the InSight lander that has been exploring and relating amazing information back to Earth. The InSight's data has yielded details about Mars's interior layers, its liquid core, and the surprising variable remnants beneath the surface of its mostly extinct magnetic field, weather on this part of Mars, and recording lots of Mars quake activity. So thanks to InSight and its incredible InSight team. Check out a photo of a crater that InSight took from last year, just discovered the other day in the data of boulder-sized blocks of water ice on the rim of an ancient impact crater. It's on the Skywatcher site. Credit NASA, Caltech, and the University of Arizona. It's many cultures, one sky. In a recent article in the International Journal of Archaeology, Bondell Chamberlain, who I had the pleasure of working with in the mid-80s in his article, Conscious of the Cosmos, Think About Mother Earth and Father Sky, writes, Standing alone, eyes outward toward a dark, cloudless sky, scattered thick with stars, our minds fill with questions. What are we in this immensity? The concept of Mother Earth and Father Sky seems to go back as far as we can go in sorting out the origins of human thoughts and beliefs about ourselves and our planet and about the inspirational canvas revealed overhead at night. Keep on wondering as we look up, look around, and get just a little bit lost in space. Skywatcher Leo T. Thank you, Skywatcher Leo T. That's pretty cool, a lunar eclipse on Election Day, folks. Just a reminder... If you have a mail-in ballot, it must be postmarked by end of business on Monday, November 7th. So if you missed that opportunity to get in there and get it postmarked, take it to a voting center and drop it in a ballot box on Tuesday, November 8th. And don't forget that Sunday, November 6th is daylight savings time, Al. We're going to be falling back. Maybe the last time we fall back. I've been hearing talk again. Of sticking to just one, which would you prefer? I'm ready for it. I don't like getting up. Well, dark, which one in do you want to stay and, on? And it just—it's like I get up at six thirty, and then it's dark until eight o'clock now. All right, it's so just like, standard uh, time then. Yeah. And people get confused. They always write daylight savings time, and it's like no, that ends at a certain point. So I would like to solve this once and for all. And don't forget, tomorrow we are meeting up with Tree Utah at nine a.m. at the Fife Wetlands, nine fifty-two South Eleventh West in Salt Lake City. That's where we'll be planting the 77 trees donated by listeners during Fall Radiothon, Al. Good stuff. Save the air. I know, right? So uh, you don't have to come. You are invited to come. More details at treeutah.org. It's rain or shine, so wear uh, clothing appropriate for the weather, closed-toed shoes. They'll have tools there to help you get the the uh, trees in the ground. It's a lot of fun. Great time to hang out and see folks and do something good in the community. All right, we have special guests for rallies and resources. And one of our first ones here, our friends at the Green Urban Lunchbox, it's cider season again, Al. Cider season, and um, I'm sure you guys have gleaned a ton or two of apples. Katie Nelson. <laughs> a ton or two. <laughs> How you doing? I'm well, thanks for having me. Are y'all worn out from the growing season? We're tired. By this time of year, we're ready for, for dark times. and yeah, Maybe sip a little cider. Sip a little cider, cozy up by the fire, that kind of stuff. Very cool. So I want some tips, Al. 
because I'm always trying to pick people's brains. So when it comes to growing apples, any tips that you have gleaned over the years, especially with your fruit share program where people can sign their trees up to be gleaned by Green Urban Lunchbox? Yeah, I've got a couple tips. Um, Some really important ones are pruning your tree. So clearing out some dead growth from the previous years or any suckers that are kind of crowding the way. And then also thinning your apple trees is really important. And that's taking um, maybe one out of every five fruit or three to five off of the tree. And that allows for more space for those apples to grow larger and to be tastier and less chances for them to get infected by pests. I have that trouble with natural selection where I just want all the fruit. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I hear you. It's so agonizing to pull fruit off of a tree with the the hopes that it could become an apple someday like perfectly good fruit you know no worm oh goodness yeah so thinning i'm guessing that takes place in in the spring when's the best time to prune a tree a fruit tree uh when they're dormant so we begin our pruning season in january and then we do that until about mid-march when the trees start to bud and then you do the thinning once you start to see some come on when you start seeing the fruit come on you thin it Mm -hmm. all right so pressing cider al i know you like to uh uh, press fruit and do things with the, <laughs> what you get out of it. I've pressed a few you fruits a before, few. Um, but um, this is you. You pair with a local local cidery brewery. We do. Yep, we pair with uh, we partner with Mountain West Hard Cider. They're just right down the road from here, and we've been doing that partnership since 2016. Very wow. good. Yeah, Very still good. have some left from last season. We still have some left from last season, and we just pressed 270 gallons what? the other week. Wow. It's about 4,500 pounds worth of B-grade apples that we saved and rescued from the landfill and are putting into this delicious hyperlocal cider. More than wow. two tons. More than two tons, and <laughs> And we have an extra ton where Etta Place Cider from down south is coming up to grab those from us this coming week. Very good. Our, our friends Robert and Ann from down in Torrey. Yeah. Good stuff. Good Very stuff. good stuff. Sounds like a bumper crop this year. I mean, tomatoes yeah. were hit hard, but it sounds like apples did really well. We had a record-breaking apple season. Um, with that cold snap we had in the spring, we actually lost about 95% of our stone fruit. So that was uh, mm-hmm. apricots, plums, yep. uh, nectarines, you name it. So mm-hmm. we didn't see fruit until maybe late August. And we got all of our apples harvested from September till the end of October. And wow. we harvested 30,000 pounds of fruit pretty wow. much in <laughs> that amount of time. My pears were really good and my apples were really, really good this year. And that nice cool spell we finally got was nice a good time to harvest too. It was really nice. A nice reprieve from the heat for all of our our busy harvest staff. Right. So the cider, again, you have cider still left. Where can folks get it from 2021? They can get it from Mountain West Cider. And And then then you're going to have more. And then we're going to have more. When? Coming out around Thanksgiving. So you can uh, be sure to have some on your Thanksgiving or holiday table, right? Definitely. Is Ah. it mostly a certain flavor apple or is it, how do you guys do that? How do you choose? Yeah, that's such a good question. So really it just depends on what's growing in the valley. Mm -hmm. And this year we had lots of red apples. And so um, each year it tastes different. It's bottle fermented, so it's unique based on what was really growing and happening in the valley that year. Very crafty. Mm, Very crafty. The folks at Mountain West know what they're doing. (laughs) And so these trees, by and large, were folks 
across the community signing up and saying, yeah, come and come and harvest some of this. Exactly. It's fruit tree owners who are very generous with their fruit and they invite us into their, their yards and we rally volunteers to come in and harvest that fruit. So if folks are listening to this and go, I might like to do that next year. How do they sign up their fruit trees with you? They can go to our website at www.thegreenurbanlunchbox.com and they can register their trees and sign up for a scout which we send someone out to scout your tree before we come and harvest it. So this is the Fruit Share program, but you also have great programs with folks who maybe are getting on in years and their garden is getting away from them or their fruit trees are getting away from them. So that's another service that you provide as well. It is, yeah, that's our Back Farms program. And this year um, we hosted, our seniors in our community hosted 44 gardens in their yards. Wow. Yeah, that's the most we've ever had. Um, so. It was a really great season. We have wonderful seniors who love this program. Um, we saw huge community support with volunteers yeah. in that program this, well as, this year as well. So then the seniors get their gardens tended, and, and then the volunteers you match them with get a portion of uh, what's harvested. Exactly. So that works for everybody, and I think it's such a great partnership in our community. What about the farm initiative? How many farmers did you have this year in your education programs, and what are you, how can you sign up for next year? Yeah, so we had about 12 folks that came through our farm this year for either a seasonal module or the whole season. So people can sign up for the spring, uh, summer, or fall, or the entire year. And um, you can go to our website and fill out an application. And we're recruiting folks for that program for 2023 right now. You know, Al and I were reading an article that posted at sltrib.com today, I believe, where the head of the Farm Bureau was talking about a lack of farm workers. It sounds like you don't lack for people that want to volunteer and get involved and help in the community. But exactly. have you seen some some staffing issues or heard about it uh, among the community? Um, not so much with our within our realm because we are uh, like a, a micro farm. We're mm-hmm. super small, and so the folks who come and work for us generally stick around because we really enjoy the work that we get to do. Yeah. All right. So there's lots of things to get involved with, folks. If you're, you know, starting to go into your growing season and you need or you're planning for your next growing season and you need some tips, Green Urban Lunchbox is a great nonprofit in our community. But if you want to step it up, the farm initiative or you want to get in on this fruit share, what's the website again? www.thegreenurbanlunchbox.com. All right. So I know that we put a uh, bottle of the 2021 cider in the fridge and Al and y'all are going to taste it before the night is over but in the meantime thanks for coming Katie Nelson appreciate it thanks so much great to see you always dear great we to have see you too another special guest Cimbria Patterson Red Acre Center just happened to be in town and drop by the station always welcome hanging around Salt Lake yeah well because you know, I'm you're up to good trouble for the legislative session right yeah, good things are happening. Good things are happening. And then uh, also, you know, the farmers don't get a big chance to, during the season, everyone is so busy. And there's no real chance to meet and talk to folks, talk to have, you know, like a meeting where all the farmers are and you can talk about what's going on. And, and there's guilds. And you guys started some guilds last year. And we started in prior COVID, but, you know, that got the kibosh put on it. So <laughs> we kicked them off in 2018, 19. They were really going to get going, and then we didn't do anything until last year. So we had our first one. You were there yep. in um, spring, and then they're meeting at Shoulder Seasons this Saturday. They both We did one in the north and one in the south, and they happened to pick the exact same day and time. Just a coincidence. So explain so. a little better what it is than I did. Um, <laughs> what are the guilds? So Who can join? 
Um, anyone who's a member of Red Acre Center, anyone can attend at least once, even if they're not a member. But we're trying to we're trying to create a lot for advocacy. So we have channels of people that are organized, and there's groups that we can reach out to. And they're they're really patterned after something that's very old in California. They've been done forever. That word is not a new word. And our idea was that they, whatever's pertinent to their area, we'd love to see one of these in every county. So if, you know, whatever, you know, if the fruit fly is your problem or the soil is something you guys want to work on, that you would be able to focus on things that are pertinent to your area and in a casual conversation, potluck, no stress. If they want to get a speaker, very free form. We just ask that they meet four times a year, shoulder season, and then the other two is during, one is during the winter one, you need to go to up to the Capitol <laughs> or come to the conference. And then we ask that they do a service project during summer. Something for another farmer was the idea. And tomorrow's in so. Springville. Yeah, that's the north because it's so we like I said we hope to see more of these and we saw some potlucks happening this summer with Utah Food Coalition which was awesome. So they picked Springville, which is still north. We think anything of north of Beavers North. <laughs> <laughs> For folks that live in Cedar City, well, the Red Acre Center mantra is it's all about your mission as a nonprofit, working to promote and protect farmers, small rural and urban farms, and the right to choose what you eat. But like you said, farmers don't get a lot of time to hobnob with each other during the growing season. So anything on the agenda tomorrow other than some good eats? Um, they're, I think they're both offering a farm tour. And um, I, it's up to them. I'm not the leader. They each have their own leader, so they get to decide their own agenda. I will say this, spoiler alert, that there is going to be a board member at each one of them, and they're going to make two announcements that they have to be there to benefit from the announcement. So, <laughs> a tease. Yes, tease. it's a tease. So, yeah. to because you know it's hard. It's hard. You, other sometimes you think you're just going for you, but you might need to go for somebody else. Like some of those other farmers need you there because you're ahead of them, or you're good at what you do, or you might never socialize, but they're dying on the vine because they don't have a community. That's kind of how my farmers, yeah. my daughter and TK Field. We drove up to a potluck this summer at um, Bug Farm just because they wanted to be around other vegetable farmers. and yeah, It can be lonely So yes. being a farmer. Yeah. Some of the lot of trials and tribulations, there was a, a very large hailstorm this year down oh, in Cedar fact, City, yeah. wasn't there? It wasn't bad for most people because it was the end of the season, but if you're a we're the only vegetable grower I know, <laughs> so it was all of it was our fall crop that would have been harvested and for the next three or four weeks through Thanksgiving. So and it was pretty sucked. much it was really decimated, yeah. wasn't it? It shocked me how bad it hit the roots, like radishes and carrots, chunks. Because as we keep harvesting, we see more crap. And of course, any pumpkins that were out were toast and yeah. shredded kale, shredded any green. It just. It like stripped them and then it snapped the stems. It was very, it's very, very destructive. It was Showed really you who intense. was boss. Let me tell you that because it didn't last that long. But wow. yeah. So. so looking ahead to January in the legislative session, any uh, ideas starting to crop up or things that we yeah. should shine a light on here with the power of radio? Yeah. So um, if anybody supports Utah Natural Milk and Meat. They have a byproduct, and I think you talked about it on the show. They got cream and milk legal, cream and butter, but now they have buttermilk, and then they'll have kefir, and then why not yogurt? So we're just coming and saying, look, why don't you have a legal pathway for legal raw milk 
to be able to make legal milk product, raw milk products. And if they want to do it one at a time, Sarah's young. She'll be up there until Your we daughter. get all of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> Ice cream's at the top of the list. <laughs> so that, that, and and, uh, and eggs can currently be sold to to chefs but not to stores like if the bagel project or creating urban lunchbox had a refrigerator and somebody wanted to put their eggs that is currently not under the exemption so eggs so you mean direct from farms not from from producers under a th- i think it's don't quote me on this three thousand. i get confused with the processing but yeah under so many birds if you are selling eggs they can be sold to chefs but not to re not for somebody else to resell to resell there okay. is a federal exemption but once again utah made an exemption to the exemption and this is the 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 different tensions between the size of of the agrihood or sizes yes. in the agrihood yeah. So that's why we, you know, Al, that's why we started doing this, to shine a light on it. So where can folks get more information about the center and uh, the guilds and the Northern Guilds luncheon yeah. that's tomorrow? There's a, there's a sign up on there just so we know you're coming, if you can bring something, and it's um, voice at redacrecenter.org. Great. So an email, but also the redacrecenter.org website. And you're coming back next week yeah. to talk about Utah. Farm and Food Conference. That's utahfarmconference.org. You can pay right now. You can register, but there's not a lot of information. People make, you used to be able to get speakers. We used to ask a year and a half out. Now they're like, maybe six months, I'll tell you. Maybe. Well, Tony Richards last week from UDAF says he's coming down. Yes, they're going to do a track. That's really exciting. They're going to do it. They're doing a pre-conference on our, on my daughter, on our two-acre farm. And then Brent Hunter, who's the largest hay farmer that ships and grows genetically modified uh, alfalfa and ships to oh. China at the same time. <laughs> wow, so that's yeah. pretty cool. And you guys have the you guys have the the little project going on at your farm that, yeah, we're that one Tony of the test does. Plots, You're one of the yeah. test plots. So. And and how how has that worked? How's that? I mean, it's about your soil, obviously. Yeah, but it's interesting because they want you to measure how much water. Like, well, we use drip tape. And they said, yeah, we just have this device we stick on a pivot. <laughs> so it's been fun to try, to, for them to try and figure out. How much water how, you're well, using. Well, just lots of stuff like that to scale down. Yeah. You know, they've got to think, everything's always been about scaling up. And everybody's trying to figure out how to how scale down. to be even more efficient. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for stopping by. Thanks, we'll see you, you back here again next week. Yep. In the meantime, Al, it's time for some more fresh and homegrown music. We got the English budgies from Provo live in the studio tonight. Sullivan Pechenpang, our audio engineer, making them sound great. So uh, we want to talk about your gig coming up November. Is it twelfth? We got that right. Yeah, yeah. And that's going to be at the Boardwalk in Orem, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty cool. What else you got coming up? Oh, let's see. I think we're going to hibernate and do some recording. <laughs> really? Last, last show of the year, yeah. Well, you guys uh, put out a single in the summer, and we you did. just played a new one. Yeah. So, Al, what do we got next? So, the, the this one is Heartbreak News. Is this another new one? Yeah, new one. Uh, same thing kind of in the last month. <laughs> so we're getting all the new stuff. You. That's so awesome. Well, that's really cool. You guys are, you know, being prolific. That's awesome. What's the song about a little bit, this one? Oh, I just channeled all my teenage angst, I think. (laughs) 
I, I repressed it when I was a teenager, so now that I'm an adult, it's okay. all coming out. I wish I could muster that still. I'm, I, I, I'm good at it once in a while. But, uh, <laughs> but wait, I believe you said, Joe, that you met in high school band. We did. So yeah. is this about that? <laughs> There's more like about like um, the house we're renting now and stuff like oh, that. that right. I, yeah, that's true. I think heartbreak news is more about what it's really like being newlyweds and all the realizations that come with it, like rent <laughs> and tax. Responsibility. I get it. I get it. Yeah. So English budgies are with us, and this one is heartbreak news right here, fresh and homegrown on KRCL 90.9 FM.
song came on the radio, a guitar instrumental, and it changed everything. Music Meets Movies continues Thursday, November 10th with award-winning film Rumble, the Indians who rock the world. Rumble is a documentary about the far too often overlooked influence indigenous musicians had and still have on popular music in North America. Figuring out that these people were Indians, and then we started to ask ourselves, why didn't anyone else know that? From Charlie Patton to Link Gray, Bobby Robinson invented the genre. Jimmy Hendrix, the best in his field. Jesse Davis, everybody wanted him. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Rumble, the Indians who rock the world November 10th at Bruby's in Salt Lake. One screening only. Tickets at the door at 6.30 p.m. Movie at 7.30 p.m. And Dave John and me, Valiant MC, will be there. More information at krcl.org. Welcome back to Radioactive at KRCL 90.9, online at krcl.org. And yes, uh, come see Rumble. It's uh, Music Meets Movies, and Dave and Valine from Living the Circle of Life will be there. If you got the Living the Circle of Life shirt, Al, during Radiothon, that's a good occasion to wear it, I would think, Very on good. Thursday. You can get more details at krcl.org. Democracy Now! at 7. Get your Not a Sideshow with Circus Brown at 8. Friday Night Fallout at 10.30 and more. Our full lineup online at krcl.org. I'm Laura Jones, and you are... I'm the Punk Rock Farmer, and this year is the Urban Farm Report, and John Borsky's with us, and I'm really excited for this. Uh, we've talked a lot over the last couple of years, and uh, you've been, done little clips and little vignette thingies. I've taped you on my phone and that, but we have you here in the studio, and this, this is a sort of a rare occasion because now things are finally winding down enough that you can take a minute. Al, I get called a lot and I don't do many interviews just because of that. A lot of people who are in the TV stations, things like that, don't understand exactly what the schedule is of the farmer. But it finally wound down and I've got a little bit more time to relax a little bit and enjoy myself a little you more. You work really hard, and you told me, you said, you know, I might not be the scientific farmer guy, but I'm the guy that's out there meeting the deadlines and planting stuff when it's supposed to be planted. Your garlic's already in. I was planting garlic with the Keep It Real folks today, and it was cold. <laughs> well, they're planting in the mud, too, weren't they? It, it, was, was, pretty soft. it, it, was, it was a little soft, but he checked it this morning, and, and so we went out and did it because it was okay. And, God, I planted probably a thousand cloves of garlic myself in just a couple hours we really go in at it but you you already have that done i try to get that done the first or second week of october i've been experimenting with timing of that garlic and i'm finding if i can get it in about the first week of october you'll start seeing the roots set in about two to three weeks and you get a little bit ahead of schedule and it'll be a little bit bigger in the spring. Hello, so so there's a tip right there from John Borsky. I gotta get mine planted. Uh, you know, John, you've been you've been at this a long time, but let's go back a little history. You grew up in Utah. You you went to New York City because you you got a scholarship to Juilliard School of American Ballet. School of American Ballet. What? Absolutely crazy. I got talked into dancing when I was young, and I ended up in a little dance studio in Kaysville. Clyde Adams, a dear friend of mine, owned it, and my sister was taking a dance class there, and some friends of mine were peeking in the front door, and she said, come on in 
and try this, and I tried it, and she said, you're amazing, and of course I wasn't, but they talked me into doing it, and I, I got into doing it. I was a little hyperactive as a child. It was a good thing for me to do. And, and you grew up in a Mormon background, and when you went to New York, your dad said, hey, you stick with, stick with your people, don't get, because he knew what New York City was all about. And you were like the 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 small town kid in the big city, and you went for it. So you actually went to CBGB's, and you saw some really cool bands play there. <laughs> I saw some of the, oh, some of the, you know, really good punk rockers going crazy, and I remember, uh, you know, musicians coming out and pacing across the stage for a few minutes. And then the music started and everybody went nuts and they were throwing beer bottles and uh, we called it slam dancing back then. They and still do. Uh, it was pretty crazy, but it was a lot of fun for me. But I went to New York and I learned to open my mind and embrace things that were different and see a little bit of all the different sides Did of life. Did you see the Ramones? Of course I saw the Ramones. Oh, boy, oh boy. Fabulous. I'm, I'm I saw, pretty envious. Well, and I got into the whole new wave thing, too. I loved the B-52s and Devo and, you know, some of that. I don't think new wave has had that much popularity lately. It seemed like it lost influence. But those were some bands to me that were really had a modern twist to them and were kind of different. So you're a dancer, you're a punk, you have punk rock blood in you, you're, you're a small town kid from Utah, you came back, how did you get back to the farm? How did the farming come in? Where did it come in? Well, New York City kind of beat the snot out of me. <laughs> Thank you. I, uh, uh, it, as you get older as a dancer, you kind of have to make decisions and you're either going to do the choreography you're going to end up in uh -huh. a dance room teaching 20 little girls, which wasn't my cup of tea. And I just started thinking about the farm and how great a fresh tomato or a fresh cob of corn. Was it your grandma? My grandma. I remember being out in the garden. She would put a few kernels of corn seed in a paper towel and wait for them to germinate. And then she'd have a hoe and... She'd pull back the dirt, and I remember dropping the seeds in the dirt and her covering them and uh, it growing throughout the season, helping her in her garden. Her and her neighbor, Hazel, harvested everything and preserved it, and uh, it was a good thing. I wish more people did that. I see people now, and I talk to them about doing that, and they say, oh, it's too much work. Well, it is a lot of work. We know that. And, and so so about when did you get the farm going in, in Caseville, where you're at? It was about 1992. Uh, like I said, I was still tinkering around in the dance business, and I was in a grocery store. I remember when I was living in New York, and an apple was 50 and 75 cents, and I remember... At my grandma's little farm, they fell on the ground. They threw half of them away. Mm -hmm. I mean, she preserved as many as she could and made a lot of applesauce and weighed a lot of fresh apples. But in New York City, you don't get that. You end up paying for it. You, you were and you got you hooked onto organics at a certain point. Was that right at the beginning? Right around. It was. The... It was right at the beginning. I had uh, read a little bit about it and 
I came here to Utah and realized there weren't a lot of uh, organic farms doing it. Uh, Renui Gardens, remember Steve? Uh-huh. At Renui, they were one of the first ones, and I went up and talked to him, and he said, we need more organic farmers here, and it's a good option for you if you want to do it. What was it like, the, the climate back then? Were the old-timers like, who are these hippie kids with this organic stuff? Yeah, it, it, it was exactly that. And I remember uh, talking to a few farmers about it, and they'd be rolling their eyes. And uh, I almost felt like they were they were kind of making fun of it. You know how some of the Republicans are in this state? They don't want to be told how to do anything. And they have a tendency to ignore some of the modern trends that are out there, uh, especially if they're, you know, you're not going to use pesticides. Well, that sounds crazy. You know, uh -huh. you're not going to use any herbicides. I could spray $50 worth of herbicide on five acres of land and not pull weeds all summer. Why the hell should I be using uh organic methods or any of that stuff uh-huh uh-huh uh -huh. the hell's okay <laughs> <laughs> okay do you want to go there oh, i i'm just kind of curious uh about a day in the life and you've been doing it since 92 so we're talking what 30 30 years right so how has that changed for you and how have you um taken in new ideas on your farm well it hasn't changed all that much mm -hmm. i think organic farming has is what farming was before yeah. they started doing it. There's just a few methods out there and there's a few more products to use mm -hmm. uh, to take care of pests and weeds, but it's still, I think we were talking about the hard work and I'm good at the grunt work. Yeah. You know, I get out there and I get the stuff planted. I get the weeds pulled. I get the vegetables harvested on time and uh, get the work done that you got to do to be a farmer. And going into your backyard to go to work isn't too bad. That's not bad. I just drove here from Eden where I've got some land I'm farming up there. And I drove down the freeway and, oh, my gosh, it's crazy. I can't believe <laughs> people drive on that freeway every day and, and have to deal with that. Yeah. Well, I'm just curious, have you brought any tech into your operation at all? I mean, aside from maybe some spreadsheets and some tracking. Well, I'm kind of technically not very <laughs> intelligent and when you've got a small farm like mine, I think some of the high-tech things that, you know, they can use the computers for, you know, some of the watering methods that they're using, yeah. especially in greenhouses and uh, some things like that. But I do drip lines. I turn them on myself. I've used the timers. They break. They fall apart. They're not consistent. Uh, you know, I'll go out there and I'll have a timer in it. Will have not have shut off at the right time, and I will have flooded something so like that. It, so yeah. some of the technology is good, I think, for some of the big, big farmers in the high tech. But the small farm, I think it's just hands-on and keeping an eye on that farm and being there every day. You don't go anywhere in the summer. It's, it's you know, I say this all the time. Being attentive is one of the biggest, best things you can do as a farmer because you can see what's going on. You go out there every day, you get down on your hands and knees and you look and see what's going I on. I go out there in the middle of the night at <laughs> three o'clock sometimes with the headlamp on and see what's going on out there because sometimes that's when the snails and the slugs yeah. are causing problems and you can see a few things out there in the middle of the night. I, I sleep pretty well, but 
in the middle of the summer, I worry about things a little bit, and I've got to get up in the middle of the night and do things for about an hour. Does that sound crazy? Yeah, well, not really. Yeah. You you were one of the first vendors at the very first downtown farmer's market 32 years ago now. Explain to folks what that was like just a little bit. There was 10 or 12 of you? There were 10 or 12 of us, and I remember driving uh, to the first market with the little flatbed that I had, and I had a table tied on the back of the truck and I was going down the road and I turned to right on Third uh, South there to get up to my space at the farmer's market and the table flew off the truck and slammed into the side of the ditch and a couple of people ran out there and helped me get it back on the truck, helped me get set up and we'd get set up and there were about 10 of us, not very many, when it got started. I mean, that was it. There was yeah. no craft vendors or anything uh -huh, like that. Uh -huh. And we we most often would sell out by 10 or 11 o'clock. Just like even in, in an hour or two. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yes. Yes. And now, you know, it's a three-ring circus. Uh, well, <laughs> it is. It is. The, especially the downtown farmer's market. But, that you know, that's great that people are Success. there and and, and that there's a, they can see a need for it. I've heard some farmers complain about all the farmers. Oh, God, you know, there's too much competition now. I've always tried to embrace everyone that's down there and encourage them to, uh, you know, do what they're doing. Because I know that it's so hard and the work that they're doing. I appreciate what they're doing. Well, I you really need the do. next generation. How, how have you been doing with uh, folks working for you? Because Al and I were reading an article today that farms across the, the state, let alone the country, are having a hard time finding workers. And uh, you're a smaller operation. You've got some folks who have been with you forever. I've got some really good people helping me, and they're not teenagers. I don't find the work ethic of a teenager to be what I need to get the work done on my farm. And... Uh, being small helps that. I know a lot of people need to hire a lot of farm workers, but you find what people you can find. And I've got some great people. I appreciate them all. You mentioned all their names uh, when Mike called in, and I was happy to send a donation to you guys oh, thank you. Uh, to, you know, keep your your operation going and doing well. Thanks so much, John. Um, you know, you also, you're at the markets, but you're at the market downtown, but you have a farm stand. Wait, did the farm stand come into play right off the right off the beginning too? Oh, I actually ran into a guy, and uh, he said, "I know where to get a bin of corn, and you don't have to grow it. All you've got to do is sell it." And you know, corn is like the drug of choice here in Utah. Uh -huh. A lot of people uh -huh. really love the corn. Uh -huh. And I remember the. First day that I set up a stand there in Kaysville, and I had a, I think there were about 60 dozen ears of corn in that thing, and my mother came by, and she was like, oh, my gosh, you'll never sell all this, John. <laughs> and it was sold out, you know, before the end of the day and everything else that I was growing. And I've always had good luck at my farm stand as almost as fast as we can get stuff picked and get to the stand. Kaysville. We sell it every so day. So you're right on Main Street in Kaysville, yeah. right by the big old tires. It's 3-something, three 317. Three 310. 310. North Main. North Main. We just closed just, last Friday. Just closed. And, you know, I was able, I was up and late and working. I was one exit away from you. I, I was there for quite a bit. I was on a big house up there, and I was up there three weeks or so, and I got to stop at the stand quite a few times. And even in a year where something, didn't 
grow to fruition as much. With the tomatoes, we saw problems with. There was some problems with some other things, some leaf hoppers and beets and late and, frost and late frost and things. But you, you know, I really got to see the operation run, and I got, I get, I'm getting excited because I saw a lot of produce move through there, and I saw a lot of great stuff. You know, there was. Um, if you don't have it yourself, you take it upon yourself. You know who's got it. You know some of the folks up there. A lot of farmers um, up there, A right? lot of farmers. Yes. The USU's next to you. Yes. Um, Black Island is up there, and uh, there's a farm in Tremont. And tell me a little bit about a few of those things. We got about five, seven minutes left. Hey, Jeremy East, my good friend, had to move his operation up to Tremont, and I thought maybe I'd never see him again. And... Uh, he got things going up there. He got things going a little bit late, but I called him, and when things started coming on, I'd order a few things from him, and he'd get them delivered to me, and it it was fantastic. He, Whenever I feel like I'm a little bit overwhelmed, I think about Jeremy East doing 200 acres, and I Whoa. feel a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I oh mean, he's got a lot to do up there, and that would drive me insane. You source local. You source pe- You got peaches from USU. You have USU right there. Um, d- the- I've got Manning's Orchard and Chris running that operation up there. Unfortunately, they lot of lost, lost a lot of their peaches up there. I've got Taggy doing great things up there in Brigham City. I've got the Day Brothers and Sam Day down there, some of the most amazing farmers that I know. They're smart farmers. They know the technical chemistry and science of the farm. That's what I'm not as you good at. You mentioned Taggy, and, you know, some of these guys get some flack because maybe they didn't get everything right here or right there, or maybe it's not quite organic, but these guys know the pulse of what's going on. And I, I, I met Taggy up there, and he said, you know, these farm stands and these places, they can't go away. They they need to be taken, you know, on by someone else. They need to be proliferated. It needs to happen. And a really great story about uh, that ties in with that is Sacco's, uh, the shop right up next to you. That was since the '60s. It was a it was farm stand, and it got sold. Um, it, it just recently, woman who bought it, it, she was on the show here a couple weeks ago, and you were so happy because she's got it back going. And you know, these are things that can't go away. The importance of this food and the and the, and the farmers that go along with it, they, it's just something that's it's precious, isn't it? I absolutely agree with that. And uh, Dominic was a good friend of mine, and I, I just saw him kind of burn out a little bit of it, and I just think he couldn't take it anymore it you know at the end of every season i get a little bit of burnout and i'm like i don't know if i can do this again <laughs> yeah have you already started planning for next year and i get things going for next year the garlic is in now and in another couple months i'll be a little bit more ambitious and then by the time the season starts i'm excited to do it do it again so thank you so much for coming down you do have a website borskyfarms.org there you go. Check it out. Yeah. Are you going to be able to do anything at uh, the winter? Or are you done? I am going to be heading up to the top of the ski resorts and skiing my <laughs> winter away. When I lived in New York City, I didn't get a chance to do that, and I yeah. always look forward to it. And I've got this land up in Eden. That's and your getaway. We have a cabin That's up there. my little getaway up there. I got up there early this morning, and I built a little fire in the fireplace to keep myself warm. And uh, 
I'm I'm lucky to have that. I've worked very very hard to uh, get the land that I've got, and I take good care of it. And you know that will kind of buy you a certain amount of happiness if you work hard enough. Very good, John Borsky. Thanks so much for coming in. You know I've said it's been really great to build and and solidify a friendship with you. And now that the time is, you don't have. You're not so darn busy. You're not getting you up in the middle of the night with your headlines. Al, thank you so much, and I appreciate what you're doing. I hear what you're doing here, and I think it's something that should be going on in L.A. or New York or something like that. But here you are, and here we are right here in Utah doing something that we enjoy so much. And I, I hope you're around to do it. I figure I'll probably be doing it till I'm dead. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, John. So good to see you, and I'm glad you took the time to, to come on in. And we can't wait to have you back in the spring when the garlic starts popping. So. Let's do it. Okay. Come back Let's on before you, before you get busy. All right, Al, before <laughs> we uh, close the show, I want to say thanks to Sullivan Fetchenpang, our audio engineer, for making our band, the English Budgies, sound great. If there are bands or farmers that want to come on the show, how can they get in touch? They can find me on Instagram, Punk Rock Farmer, little underscores between the words, or um, you, can, you can email me at punkrockfarmer23 at gmail.com. All right. So our band tonight, Al, English Budgies out of Provo, indie rockers. They've got a gig coming up November 12th. Folks, tell folks how you can, uh, how they can catch up with you. Oh, well, let's see. Um, pretty much every social we're English Budgies, just <laughs> at English Budgies, all lowercase. And yeah, we love to, so feel free to say hi to us on Instagram. We're on all like the platforms like Spotify, iTunes, all that. You had a new mm. single come out over the summer, and you played mm. a couple of new songs tonight. Yeah. When can uh, we expect you to drop some more music? Hopefully, hopefully, end of this year, beginning of next year. We'll Sweet. see. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna close it out with. Um, this is an old fan favorite. It's called Lazarus. We put it out earlier this year. Okay, this is the English Budgies with Lazarus right here, fresh and homegrown. KRCL ninety point nine FM. Thank you so much for having us. again It's not the first time and it won't be the last If you look at for me I'll be living in the past I've been living in the past I've been living in I've been living in the past I've been living in Falling out of touch the world is my crutch Just thought that I could steer away From the mess I made myself And towards a path where I could be anyone else And Lazarus, you should have stayed Lazarus, you should have stayed
again Making trees from tables And I'm losing steam Had a few ideas As a stupid little scheme And Lazarus, you should have said Lazarus, you should have Please don't, don't 